Welcome to part two of Health System CIO's interview with Kate Pierce, Executive Director of IT and Clinical Informatics at North Country Hospital. In this segment, Pierce talks about the enormous challenge of keeping data secure without a dedicated CISO, how different departments are working together to grow leaders and fill positions, and how she went from teaching basic computer classes to establishing an informatics department. The move to an integrated system, which you know, obviously mm -hmm. a lot of organizations are, are striving to get there. One of the ultimate um, goals is to really work towards value-based care. And can you talk about kind of what, what you're doing to uh, get closer to that? When we, I think of value-based care, I think of a lot of the changes that we've made as a community over the last few years. So I'd say from 2011 on, our primary care and pediatric and clinics have all been patient-centered medical homes. And if you think about what the concept of being a patient-centered medical home is, it's really setting the foundation for value-based care. So mm -hmm. that patient-centered medical home concept is the foundation of being able to, to move to value-based care and think about how you can be successful in an ACO structure. Right, because it's about being preventive with your care and not reactionary, right? It's about patients having those services wrapped around them in the clinic in order to limit the amount of um, emergency room visits, the amount of higher cost care that you're seeing. So I think as far as value-based care, developing a good quality program and truly embracing those patient-centered medical home concepts have set us up for success in this ACO structure or the value-based care structure. So we, we do belong to a statewide ACO called One Care Vermont for our Medicaid patients at this okay. point. Okay. So I wanted to, to get into, um, I know we touched on it a bit, but some of the, the unique challenges in rural health, and one of the ones we've heard from, from quite a few people is around cybersecurity and you know the challenges of having limited resources, limited budget, and this really seems to be a tough one. And can you just talk a little bit about um, how your team is approaching that? Sure. Um, like everyone in the country, I think focus on on security has grown exponentially over over the past you know ten years or so, and even more so recently as the ransomware attacks are becoming more and more focused on healthcare organizations. I think I read an article the other day that said that over 40% of all cyber attacks are on healthcare now. So I think that has made it no longer an option to, you know, address your security needs. Um, you know, a part of that's driven by HIPAA and the requirements for um, doing annual security risk assessments. But that's just the start of it. You know, identifying where your gaps are and where your needs are is, again, step one. Then you have to work towards addressing those issues. So like most small organizations, we don't have a dedicated security team. Just can't afford it. Those resources are portions of a lot of individuals' jobs here. So mm -hmm. right. what we ended up doing is we partnered with an organization to work with us as sort of a virtual security company. They perform our annual risk assessment. They address, you know, the things that we need to accomplish, and then they work with us throughout the year to remediate those items that they found. 
So it's not just like they come in and do the assessment and they leave. They come in and do the assessment. They say, here's what you need to do. Let's prioritize this and let's work through it together. That's really kind of a supplement to our team. Obviously, we're Mm -hmm. still doing the work, but they're guiding us and they're ensuring that we don't lose the priority of of those issues in our busyness of of day-to-day. So that's one of the things that we've done. We spend a lot more on cybersecurity now than we did in the past, and that's an increased priority as you see things in the news. When you don't have another hospital for 40 miles, you can't afford to be in that situation. So we take it very, very seriously. We actually significantly increased our security budget and, you know, implemented a lot of tools that help us to identify things sooner. We bought some tools to educate staff. So we do our own internal phishing tests that Mm -hmm. are for the sole purpose of educating staff about identifying phishing attacks have a very detailed breach protocol. So I I think these are things that used to be like a luxury, and now they're a necessity. In terms of spending more in this area, was that something where you you do have to kind of present to to boards and just educate them? Yes. So we have a team of folks, so it's not an individual, but we have a team called our information security management team. And Mm -hmm. if we identify a need, like we had a risk assessment, two weeks ago. And today I'm presenting to them the recommendations from that risk assessment. And and one of the recommendations actually involves a request for, for an additional tool that, that we hadn't budgeted for. So, you know, it's if they decide that that's a priority, then it would be through that team that it all gets a blessing, if you will. Yeah. And is this one of the areas where you find yourself reaching out to to other rural health IT leaders to kind of gauge where they're at and, uh, you know, what the best options are? I do. Um, Our chief compliance officer and chief security officer and our CFO are the same person. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But he intends meetings that are statewide meetings on cybersecurity. So he brings items back to the team from that committee. So that's how we identify the organization that we're working for. It was a recommendation from another facility in Vermont saying that they'd been very happy with this organization and we've been happy with them as well. So it's those types of things. It's nice to be able to reach out, but we also rely on Black Hat and class. And, you know, if I'm looking for who's the best at spam filtering, inbound and outbound for data loss prevention and spam filtering, you know, I'll look to how things are rated nationally as well. Right. But we supplement that with calling our friends and saying, what are you using and how do you like it and those types of things. Yeah, sure. Okay. So another area I wanted to touch on was something that you had mentioned when you reached out, which is recruiting and retaining staff. And we'll hear that this is challenges in different areas for different reasons. And I think it's probably pretty clear why this is a challenge for your organization. But can you just talk about what that experience is like and what are some ways that your organization is working or can work to either recruit those people or hold on to them? I think that staff recruitment and retention are significant hardship for us at times, and it it just depends on what the role is that you're looking to fill. I'd say it's very hard to find a trained informaticist in Mm -hmm. northern Vermont. 
know, this isn't the highly populated area that people want to look to. But so like on the informatics side, when you're up on medical surgical unit, if there's a nurse that was the go-to nurse for everybody on night shift, if they had a question about how to document something, that might be a prime candidate that we would, you know, reach out to and say, how about a day job, you know, or would you be interested in this type of job? And I think our nursing leadership has been very open to nurses moving into these roles that they know their staff already works well with. So it's about someone who's a team player, who has some aptitude and shown aptitude, has a great attitude that people like to work with, because we can train those other skills. It's very, very hard if you get someone who, they could be the best informaticist, but if they can't work with the physicians and the nurses, then they're not going to be successful. So generally that's what we do um, on the informatics side. Even though we, we did hire someone who was actually from California who actually came out here and she's been great. I mean, that was kind of another collaboration that happened when uh, she had applied for another job with our surgical services unit and the director said she's way overqualified, but I think she'd be great for you. So, you know, it's, there's a lot of teamwork in identifying the right people and again, an organizational effort. It's not so much an, an IT effort. And along that lines, I think the informatics department has become known as kind of a desirable role here because mm-hmm. a lot of the nurses who have come into that role they get an organization-wide perspective of how the whole system works versus, you know, I only know this is how we do it on maternal child or this is how we do it in the ER. When you're working in informatics, you get to be able to talk with just about every clinician in the organization and you gain that perspective from seeing how everybody fits into this big puzzle. So we've had from the informatics department of the folks left, and remember this is a small team, um, one person is now the director of maternal child, one person is now the director of primary care, one person just left to become the manager of the pharmacy. It's sort of that ground where you get those skills that give you such a wide perspective that you become, you can grow into a valuable member of of the team. Right. On the IT side, I think that those skills are more transferable across organizations. We've always had quite a number of qualified applicants on that side. So I say that 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 probably isn't quite as challenging as informatics, but generally when we hire staff there, we've had very good luck in retaining them. You know, I have Mm -hmm. folks on that team that are in the 20 to 30 years they've been here, so haven't had to do a lot of recruiting and hiring on that side. So you've been with North Country for about 18 years? Yes. Okay. So you started on the, as a systems analyst, and you kind mm-hmm. of get to know the organization and, and work your way up. But is this role that you're in something that you were aspiring towards, or is it just kind of how things went? Well, when I started as a systems analyst in 2001, mm-hmm. Probably 80% of the staff didn't even know they had email. You know, everything was on paper. I mean, we had some systems, but they were mostly financial systems, right? And so at that point in time, I don't know that I had any aspirations of what this would look like because I had no idea how far this would develop. 
I remember it was probably 2008 or so. Once we'd finished implementing, so my, my primary job when they hired me was to do some education with staff about basic computer skills. So I ran a number of basic Windows, you know, how to use your mouse kind of classes right. from that kind of stuff to, you know, this is how you open an email. And preparing people for moving to electronic records, they have to have those basic computer skills. And it was amazing how many people didn't have any of those. So they needed that baseline. And one of the first things I did was uh, I was on the selection committee to select our um, electronic medical record for the clinics. And that kind of grew from there. So uh, did all of those implementations. And then by 2008 or so, I thought, you know what, I've got a lot still to learn. I could see that there was a growing need for informatics, and I I started having a desire to to want to manage, and so I went back and got my master's in managing innovation and information technology. And once I completed my master's, I had been offered another position, and the organization said, if you stayed here, what would you see that looking like? So I wrote a proposal of developing an informatics department and they accepted it, and I became the director of that department. So it was sort of like one of those you don't really know. As things evolve, you don't know what tomorrow is going to hold, right, until... Right, right. One of our doctors accused me of making up the word informatics. He's like, director of what? <laughs> you know, and, we've come a long way. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think the organizations come a long way. Um and, you know, this role is something that developed along the way, you know. I was the director of informatics, and we had a director of IT. And then the COO said, look, I don't need two directors. Um, I'm going to make you director of both those departments, and we'll just we'll go from there. So it was kind of the department evolved over time mm-hmm. how it is today. Right. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, Visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.